right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Mystery School. I'm your host, Jacob Cox, and our topic tonight is who are we really? And we're going to go deep with this topic tonight. Um, it's something that I feel like uh, is really something important. You know, we talk about different things all the time, but um, this one's going to go really deep tonight. So full disclosure, um, this may be some stuff that's triggering later on. It's not my intention to necessarily trigger everybody or make anybody upset. I'm definitely here to ask questions because I feel like in the day, none of us have all the answers. We're all, you know, students and initiates in the great mystery school. And the greatest mystery is the mystery of ourselves. So let's dive deep tonight. And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen now. There we go. I think this, you guys can't see, but I'll pull it down here. All right, here we go. Who are we really? And I really like this picture. Mike, can I take that off and put it there? Absolutely great. Um, I really like this picture because it's got the guy holding the mask. And, you know, just on the surface, we're all mothers, we're fathers, we're brothers, we're sisters, uh, we're, we're co-workers. Um, you know, we're in this economic status or that. Uh, some people like to say we're this race or that race. I think there's only one race, the human race. Um, I think a lot of those labels and stuff can be divisive uh, to, you know, kind of combat us against ourselves. But in the day, we're all humans. We all play different roles. Uh, some are, you know, feel like they're more important to us than others. But certainly we all have different aspects of ourselves. Uh, we wear different masks, different hats, if you will all the time, every day. And, um, and that's really important to start out with. Um, okay. So here's an, here's a, here's where we start. A lot of people, not a lot of people, maybe a few people, um, the they term that we use a lot, they, they want us to think we're the, we're the people on the left. We're consumers, we're buyers, we're shoppers. Um, you know, we're just doing the, the heavy work, the heavy lifting for a few people out there. So, that our fruits of our labor can go um, and and do more for those who have, you know, who, do, who have more than us, but the, for the normal people. Um, but, uh, you know, we know in this group, and if you're watching this video right now, you know, there's a lot more to us than that. You know, the, this right hand side where the universe, where, you know, divine beings, um, that's where I think, you know, a lot of us want to understand that's you know where we're going and that's and that's what we realize that we are so oops so let's go there let's go to that divine place let's start out with our bodies right our bodies are made of the elements the fire is our passion and compassion the water is our emotion we're all made of the earth and the many of the same elements in the same proportions and um with the wind the wind is our mental state, um, our air, that connection. So we're made of all these elements. Our bodies are made of that. Uh, certainly, we need to recognize these elements are all in us. It helps us understand who we really are, how we can go farther and deeper. But beyond that, beyond the body, you know, Yoda would say, luminous beings, are we? Not this crude matter. Um, and of course, we're not just this. We're not just this body. We're that soul that lies within that. Right. And we go through this journey of being humans from 
you know, over and over again. I think many of us have played different genders, different roles, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, rich and the poor, slave and the master. Um, we get all those experiences. That's when the greatest things about, to me, reincarnation is that no energy can be created or destroyed once it's once we're here. We're here to experience all the experiences and it helps us learn to grow. There's no way we could just do it all in one lifetime. Now, simultaneously, I agree that we're all we're all the same person at the same time. But there is I, I also believe linear time is still there. Both exist, the now and linear time. And we do experience linear time in these bodies and as we reincarnate. So it's really important to realize that we don't just have a soul. We are a soul and we have a body temporarily. We are here to experience that physical part of our nature, to experience, you know, all the things that the physical body has to offer that we can't do. And we're just these spiritual souls and going through um, constant reincarnation. So that's really important. I think a lot of times to to realize that and to understand that, that, um, you know, we shouldn't take everything so seriously. You know, this is just a temporary experience and, um, you know, don't take everything so seriously. Uh, but at the same time, you know, got to take some things a little seriously. And so if we're just these souls and we're encompassing different bodies over and over again, I hear that term a lot. You guys have heard this term a lot. We're all light workers. We're divine. Um, you know, we're the quantum experience, soul energy, and we're doing Reiki and, you know, all these things and kindness and caring and therapeutic and all this stuff. And that's awesome. I totally love it. Um, it's a beautiful thing to, you know, meet other light workers and people who are working with that. I love this painting with Alex Gray. It's actually called Light Worker, I think, and um, kind of resembles Christ carrying the cross. And I think we all kind of have our own cross that we bear that we have to, um, you know, bring to the world. Right. We all have our own burdens and our own things that we're here, our missions, our independent missions that we're all here to do, whatever that is for you is probably similar, but different in a little bit of ways. Um, I think ultimately one of the biggest missions that we're all here on is to learn unconditional love. And certainly by bearing your own cross, you can do that. Rumi said, we're not just a drop in the ocean. You are the mighty ocean in a drop. That is so powerful. So when I, when I hear that and I realize that I'm like, man, you know, I am in this body. I am in this experience. But I'm not just Jacob. I'm not just a soul. I'm not just a soul either in Jacob Cox. I'm actually the entire universe in this body called Jacob Cox. And that's really powerful, too. And that really gives me a lot of understanding, gives me a lot of uh, power, if you will, um, that I can do all things and greater things, as many people have told us throughout history. So it is really important for us to realize don't act so small sometimes, right? Sometimes we do act a little small and, and that's humility and that's being humble. Sure. And we all are um, these little bodies at this moment in time, but we're also the whole universe and the ecstatic motion. And I love this picture because uh, that's a whirling dervish and it's a Sufi mystical religion where they spin. Uh, and when they're in the spin, they, you know, they can do this stuff for a very, very long time and they don't get tired. Um, they kind of find the center, if you will, and uh, kind of find that place where, you know, all time and everything is all now and oneness. And, um, you know, I've worked with many, uh, I still do work with many autistic children and adults. And one of the things, especially with children that I noticed with, with autism is many of them do this spinning. In fact, one of the most, um, the person that I knew as a young kid, 
who was seen to be affected the most, um, he could spin the fastest and the longest. And it was a thing of beauty to watch. And um, he would come out of that after five or 10 minutes, like it was absolutely nothing. Um, and just walk around complete balancing, not, you know, if I was to spin for 30 seconds, I'd probably be falling out real dizzy, but this kid could do it five or 10, 15 minutes sometimes and just come out of it, like in pure bliss, absolute happiness, smile from ear to ear. And, you know, just walking like it was totally normal, like nothing had happened. And that was something of beauty. I really do think that in this predicament that he's in, this condition, this label that we call it, he's still able to find God. So I don't think no matter where anybody is, there's no judgment on anyone. Because just because someone's not where you're at or you don't see them the same, every being um, has that opportunity to get in connection with God and the universe in that deeper understanding. But when I have experienced my deepest understanding of God has been in the meditation, being still, being in a dark room by myself. And when I do that and I have, you know, just kind of let go of myself being Jacob Cox from this small town and all these other things. And I reside in that stillness is when all the labels and everything have just kind of given way. And I do become completely emerged in oneness and and knowing that I'm God being still has been really the best medicine to to find out who I really am and I'm part of everything there's nothing that I'm not I love that saying I am that I am and I think the, the thing the only thing that we're missing in that statement about that's the name of God is just a comma and just a comma after that and the second I am is emphasis and if we go around saying that all the time I am that I am that I am that I am that I am, right? And it's emphasizing that, that you really are all this, all that is. God is everything that there is, every person, every experience, all everything that you can imagine. Um, and so saying that statement right now, this is where we go to the other side for a second. This is where we go down the deep rabbit hole of what's really going on uh, with who we really are, really. Who are we really? <clears throat> Because at the end of the day, as long as I've been on this planet, um, it's not all love and light. There's a lot more to the experience. And what I've gained in some of this, you know, some of the other side, the dark side, uh, has been incredible for my growth. And I can't deny that at all. So when I look at the symbol, like the yin yang, um, and this has been a symbol that's been a part of my life, my, you know, my whole life, uh, something I saw as a kid that I thought was really cool and i had it on you know drew pictures of it and um you know i had like necklaces of it and i always thought it was just a really incredible uh symbol and i didn't even realize at the time what it really what it was i just knew that for me it was just something that was really attractive and something i really like and you know being a gemini i love duality and now i realize you know why i was probably so attracted to it as a young kid but this is a two-dimensional this is a two-dimensional symbol and if we just take a second and, and realize that this is more than just a two-dimensional picture that's just a symbol for something, I believe this is a torus, and, and we're looking at a two-dimensional picture, but this is a toroidal field of energy that's just easily describable in a two-dimensional image. So I want to show you a little video here of um, how this is probably a little bit more than uh, just a picture. So if you guys can hopefully can see this as we go, I'm going to let this play out. 
but this is the toroidal field, you know, so magnetosphere around every person around our planet, uh, the apple or an orange, the zero point is the middle inside, that's where we find the seeds. And you can see at the top of the bottom, the holes in the top, the darkness is coming down through the torus into the light. And the light is coming up through the torus into the dark. And so I think this really is more than just a two-dimensional image of something that um, someone wanted to draw or whatever. That makes a lot of sense to me. So, and, and, and you know, we like to see it as positive and negative, right? The light is positive and the dark is negative. But even that is kind of misleading a little bit because, you know, I've got a lot from, you know, being positive and having positive emotions, but I've got an awful lot too from negative emotions and feeling sadness and anger. And rage. And I've learned a lot from kind of living in the dark. Um, I often tell people the life that I lived before I came to Colorado was a, was a real big uh, dark experience for me. And that really gave birth to the human that I am today. And I'm not upset about or angry at it at all. It was very well needed. So, you know, we have to ask ourselves that question. Is negative all bad and positive only good? And do we only want to be positive all the time? You know? If you want to drive a car or if you want to have a motor, you can't have positive and positive because the car won't start. You literally have to have a positive and a negative terminal um, to create the electron flow that you need to keep that motor going. You know, if you go open the hood up of your car, it's got a negative and a positive. You, you don't have two positives. You need both of these to create that electron flow to create a motor that works for you. So this is extremely important, I think, to realize you know, in this way, we create systems of uh, motors and everything that this is just, you know, what I've realized is many times the, the physical rendering of things like the Internet is a physical rendering of the, the Internet that we're all interly, interly, interly connected. Um, and that's really important to realize. And so the telephone, you know, is a way we can communicate around the world. But we have telep telepathic thought that we could do, too. Um, and the same thing, I think, is just this is a motor and it's the physical representation of how the universe probably works. And um, so here's a great saying. How can I be substantial if I do not cast a shadow? I must have a dark side also if I am to be whole. Man, that's really that's a really huge statement right there. Um, you have to have a dark side if you're going to be whole. And that's what the yin yang is. It, it, it's not just being on one side or just living in the light only. Um, so if you seek truth, be prepared to see darkness as light. If you seek to know yourself, be prepared to hold the light when you see your darkness. Man, what an incredible deep statement right here that, you know, you are going to need everything to help you become the human being or the enlightened being that you want to be. And it's imperative to see and know both. Here's another great saying. The force is neither light nor dark, master nor slave, but a balance between extremes. And that's where I think we're going with this. This is more like a balance, um, a balancing act, if you will. Um, it's not just, you know, living in the light, maybe or just, 
you know, I'm asking questions right now. Is it just only transmuting the darkness into light or is it realizing that both are needed in some level of our evolution here? Uh, true power comes when the light and the dark within you is brought into an equilibrium and there is conscious decision to embody balance rather than fall to either side. And that makes a lot of sense. I just, you know, I don't see a life where I, everything's going to be positive all the time. Everything's going to be light. There's going to be still people are going to die. People are going to um come against us uh, those are the things that are going to happen when we look back in history how many people were murdered and martyred for our spiritual practices um, people who were you know enlightened beings uh, were martyred all throughout history um, so i think it's really important just to at least ask these questions and at least let's go down this hole for a second and it is true too much light can blind us so we need darkness for the balance I mean, if the if our planet was light all day, if we just if the if the planet didn't spin and we only lived on one side and we got light all day, we would die. All the plant life would die. Thank God the planet spins and has this balance of light and dark. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to live if it was all dark. We wouldn't be able to live if it was all light all the time, all day long. So this is um this is really huge right here. And I read this statement as I, like, I gotta put this in. Um, it is a frightening thought that man also has a shadow side to him consisting not just of little weaknesses and foibles, but also of a positive demonic dynamism. I probably said that a little wrong. Di dynam dynamism, <laughs> that's hard to say. But, you know, basically saying that within all of us, you know, there is this kind of light and dark um, journey going on within us. And uh, I, I'm just here to ask the question, like, how do we uh explore that how do we understand that deeper because it, it i'm at the point now uh this this incredible journey that we're on i feel like we owe it not just to ourselves but to our planet to our universe to become as enlightened as we can be as um as powerful as we can be to help this world to help this universe uh to help our evolution of everyone on this planet to get as far as we can as as we as we possibly can because i see a few people with a lot of power and a lot of us with very little and i know that's just an experience i know i'm allowing that i know i've allowed that to happen so that i can gain who i am right the, that being this little small me has helped me realize like man i'm way more than that as well um, I have that humility to realize I am the tiny little drop in the ocean, but I'm also the whole ocean, the drop. So I'm thankful for that experience. I'm thankful for anyone who ever even took advantage of me. You know, oftentimes we get angry at the bullies for going after people, but the bully is not, you know, typically going after the healthy kids and groups who are playing by themselves. They go after that kid who's on the playground by himself, who already internally thinks everyone hates me. No one likes me. That's my internal dialogue. I go sit in a corner by myself. And the next thing you know, like a tractor beam, they attract the bully and the bully. And, uh, you know, what do you want to call them? The victim need each other in, in like a cosmic dance of energy uh, to be able to both free themselves from the prison they live in. The bully doesn't love himself either. He has to hold people down to make himself feel better so they're both the same they're both bullying themselves by not loving themselves enough or accepting themselves enough so i think it's really important to realize we need these experiences to grow and to to go deeper and evolve so knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darkness of other people one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light but by making the darkness conscious the most terrifying thing is to accept oneself completely 
Your visions will become clear only when you look into your own heart. Who looks in, who looks outside dreams and who looks inside awakes. And this to me speaks volumes because I do work with autistic kids and adults. And I'll be honest, it's not my light that allows me to sit with them when they go through uh, the greatest problems in their life when they go through this dark phase it's because i've had my own darkness i've had my own misery and my own suffering and that's the reason why i can sit with them and not offer help or anything a lot of times I feel like most of the time i'm there just holding space for them to know that someone's here uh, to know that someone's got your back that someone cares about you and i'm not going to dish out advice or experience or anything right now i'm just here with you going through this with you together holding your hand you know whatever you need me to do but it is that experience that that amount of suffering that i endured that uh, mostly inflicted on by myself um, that allows me to be able to help them in the best way and i feel like that that alone makes me realize that this darkness really is something that we need to ask a question like is you know that we don't as light workers and everything else we don't often ask so to confront a person with their own shadow is to show them their own light wow that's such i mean it's what a great saying and carl jung is just you know on top of this and his his teachings uh and just listening to him speak about things like this is just absolutely incredible um it, that's what gives you the opportunity to shine that's what gives the seed the opportunity to grow is the darkness and to to whether you want to call it fight your way through or you know believe your way through whatever it is but how powerful it is to be able to have that and become who you are because of that um because of that darkness so the shadow work the shadow work is imperative it's absolutely imperative to do um and what do we talk about when we talk about shadow work and here's a good definition i found uh, what is shadow work shadow work is the process of exploring your inner darkness or shadow self Shadow work uncovers every part of you that has been disowned, repressed, rejected. It is one of the most authentic paths to enlightenment. And that, that again, right there is just, that's just it. You know, we all have these negative thoughts. We all have this darkness. We all have things that we not proud of. Um, this person that, you know, we're not proud of, or we don't completely understand, but deep down in this, you know, we have to go in there, go down to those darkest parts of ourselves to find out who we really are. And I think Star Wars absolutely nails it. And uh, the the original Star Wars series four, five and six that came out in the 70s and 80s. This is the dream that Luke Skywalker has. He dreams that he meets up with Darth Vader and that's his father, obviously, and they're fighting. And, uh, you know, obviously Luke is the light and Vader is the dark. And during the fight, you know, Luke Skywalker swings the lightsaber. He cuts off his head. It rolls over. And then he looks at it and it's his face. It's his face inside Darth Vader's skull, inside his helmet. And that just absolutely, oh my God, what an archetype right there. The darkness that we face is ourselves. You're never facing it in someone else. You always, um, you know, project that on to someone else, to some other person, to some other event, to some other group of individuals, to so my work, my boss. But the darkness is in you. And so one of, the, one of those great sayings is, you know, the greatest warrior is not the one who conquers a thousand thousands of people on the battlefield, but the greatest warrior is the one who conquers himself. 
And I think that's, that's the hammer on the head, you know, that's, that's it. But now in the coffin, like you have to master yourself, you have to master your own darkness. If there is no enemy within, there is no enemy without, if you can identify I've been lost, I've been afraid, I've been evil, I've been angry. How could you have any judgment on anybody else who's had that as well? It's just, it's a no-brainer. It's like they got to go through it too, and that's fine. I don't even need to step into that, to that battle with them. They're battling themselves. I'm more than reluctant to move away and let them have that. So, you know, we have these qualities that we kind of see on the light side, the noble, generous, courage, compassionate, joyful, and then the dark side has its, you know, inadequate, shameful, and rage, but Again, you know, these are just qualities that we see on on either side of the other. Um, But there are times when these things have definitely, you know, helped me and realize, you know, more about myself. So isn't it so interesting that the whole Star Wars saga is based on Vader being the chosen one? And he has to. He has to completely he learns the light side. He goes on the he's on he's on the Jedi and then he moves away um, only to um, move to the dark side. He has to literally learn the light and the dark to be able to bring that balance to the force. And he actually does that in the last one. He's the one that kills the emperor. He's the only one powerful enough to do that. And that's because he's learned the light and the dark and he masters the dark side through love for his son not detachment and that's pretty crazy because you know on the jedis they're always talking about you know they don't want to love anybody they're not allowed to have relationships so they they're in detachment right um but vader learns to master the dark side through love not detachment and i think that's really important so here's a here we go another we're going to go down even deeper down the rabbit hole here so here's a here is a quote from christ himself Luke 14, 26, it's in the Bible. You'll probably never go to a church and they'll ever say this in there. But um, this is something I think, you know, if we're going to learn from masters, then we need to listen to every single thing that they said and not just the great stuff, the love your neighbor as yourself. And also those things are great too. I, I Trust me, I, I definitely, you know, recite them myself all the time. But Christ is quoted saying, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brothers and his sisters. Yes. Even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Now that is, that is just the complete opposite of something you think Christ would say. Um, But I think if Vader is able to find, and I know it's, I know it's a movie guys, but it's an archetype. If he's able to find the light for, because of love, if he's able to find the light on the dark side, should we then also too be looking for the dark inside of the light? Is that what this is saying? Is that what is that what he's saying that we should be able to completely detach ourselves from the love that we have for everyone else? If you want to go down to the deepest, darkest parts of yourself, because to me, when you talk about Christ, when you talk about Buddha, when you talk about John the Baptist and all these incredible enlightened beings who go out into the wilderness for nearly usually 40 days without eating, and they go have these incredible experiences where they're usually tempted by the devil and you know, you know, all the things that they're allowed to can have and receive, but they forego those things to go down to the deepest part of hell or Hades to come back with the keys of those to hell. 
like in the Bible literally says Christ has the keys to Hades. And that's pretty amazing that he was so able, he's the master of hell, right? He's got the keys of these places. And so that to me is like, again, I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm definitely not there and I'm not going to even pretend that I'm there, but I definitely want to go as far as I can. And so if, if this is called balancing or learning how to um, use both sides or, or, or how to, you know, realize that it is not all light and love, that there is, you know, growth in both of these aspects, then I, then I want to go as far as I possibly can. And I want to ask these questions because if they're beneficial and if I'm asking them, I, I think other people have probably asked them as well. And I want to put this out there for people to realize like, hey, maybe there is more to just the love and light, you know, uh, light worker issue. So the yin yang, the symbol of harmony reminds us that life is a balancing act and most fulfilling when we learn to embrace its dualities. Because at the end of the day, if all things come from source, if all things come from the one, so does the darkness, just as much as the light does. That to me means light and dark is duality. That's two, but together they make the whole, they make the one. That I think is really important. So there seems to be some kind of balancing act, literally for the light and the dark. And, you know, we need to ask that question. Is that where we're going? Do we need to accept this? So we need to understand this, that not as it just light and the dark, good and evil, but this all is playing within ourselves. It's not just this outside thing that's going on. It's literally happening inside of our own bodies and our own experience, our own journey. Uh, it's the most important part of the hero's quest is the great abyss to face the scariest thing, the most fearful thing that you can think of is to become the hero, right? You don't face, you know, the easy things. You have to go down to the deep, dark abyss in that cave that holds the treasure for you, whatever that may be, into the scariest possible thing that you can find. That's what makes the hero's journey, makes you a hero, you know, and it's a little different for everyone, I think, but similar for all of us as well. So, I love the hermetic principles. I think, um, you know, we have a lot of understanding here. What we're really mostly talking about is number four, the principle of polarity. Everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degrees. Extremes meet. All truths are but half-truths. All paradoxes must be reconciled. Man, that is so much in that little couple sentences, but it's unbelievable. I mean, just think for one second, where the items of hot and cold is just the extremes of temperature. And I can burn something with dry ice or with cold in the same similar manner that I could burn something with heat. So are they opposites? If I can literally do some of the same things with these things? I mean, yes and no. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's this you know paradox, right? That that everything can be reconciled. It, it, it's absolutely mind blowing when we really get down, we really get deep inside these questions. Um, and I think another one that's similar to this that kind of goes along with what we're saying is the um, correspondence. So, principle number two, principle of correspondence: as above, so below; as within, so without. As without, so within. And, and these two kind of both go with um, 
what we're talking about tonight. I definitely want to go deeper into all seven of these, and that'll be a later uh, mystery school that we'll do because the hermetic principles are, you know, very deep and very important. But that's exactly, you know, what we're talking about. This as above, so below. What's outside is within us. You know, what's above is below. Maybe heaven and hell are not completely opposite separates, but they're part of one whole story. That's the important part. I think I'm at least trying to explain right now that that together they make one. And so here's one uh, thankful to Randy actually right here. He talked about this the other day and brought this up. And I knew that this was supposed to be part of this presentation after the uh, talk last weekend. But this is from the gospel of Judas, uh, not Judas. I'm sorry, Thomas, you know, the, the, the later gospels that were found, Judas, Mary Magdalene, Thomas, uh, the, from the Nag Hammadi Library. Um, very important here. Listen to this. Make the two into one and the inner as the outer and the outer as the inner, the above as the below, the male and the, fa- and the female into a single one. So the male isn't male and the female isn't female anymore. When you make two eyes into a single eye, a hand into a hand, a foot into a foot, a picture into a picture, then you'll enter the kingdom of heaven. And I know that last part is a little bit confusing overall, but he also said, when you make the two one, you will become sons of man. And when you say mountain, move away, it will move away. And again, you know, um, I don't want anybody to take anything the wrong way or anything sons of man uh anybody can do this female male whatever again he's saying you know this is about marrying the male and female energy marrying the dark and the light um you know marrying so that these dualities become one that's what's important here and to realize like this is about becoming one you know what i mean like it's not just marrying another person of the opposite gender, it's about marrying that the masculine and feminine within us all. As someone who works with kids, I realize there are some times when I'm very feminine and I'm very nurturing and, and kind and, you know, oh, you know, so you hurt yourself, you know, uh, you're okay, you know, and talking to them and being gentle and sweet. And then there are times when I feel like I need to be very masculine, be very authoritarian to get kids to do certain things, but still protecting and providing. And I feel like if I'm able to flow into those different types of um, male and female, then I can do my job a whole lot better than if I just want to stay in one aspect or the other. So that can be me in moment to moment, just changing in a job several times throughout an hour or two session. That's imperative to me to be able to do my job well. So I, I really do believe that this is what he's referring to. It's not just male and female, but it is light in the dark. It is the dualities of all the things becoming one inside yourself. And so one of the most profound uh, spiritual experiences that I ever had was going into my room before I even came to Colorado, was taking lots of gold, uh, monatomic gold, and, and I would just go sit in my room in the dark and meditate. And I would have and, you know, when you're kind of vibrating low and you have these big downloads, you know, it's like you're already down here, you know, so it's like the rubber band jumping up, you know, so I've had that experience where like these huge profound things happen to me all at once, um, especially back then. Now it's more, you know, integrated and almost gentle a little bit. But back then I'm sitting in my room, 
uh, just meditating and asking the universe to give me something important, you know, give me something that changed my life, made me understand something. And so I'm just meditating. And all of a sudden, I just have this pow, this download, huge, powerful experience. And I could see a galaxy. I could see the Milky Way galaxy in my mind's eye, my whole being, really. And I feel like I could just see the whole thing. And I realized inside the very center of the galaxy is a black hole and it's sucking in all the light and all the stuff. And it was funny because I, I recognized myself as like, man, I'm kind of like a black hole too. I'm sucking in sex, drugs, rock and roll, all the things to try to fill my emptiness up because I feel so empty and miserable and suffering inside. So I'm trying to do all the things to, uh, you know, you know, feel good. And then I start to do yoga, meditation and things like that. And it's like, oh man, these things really working for me. These things uh, are really helpful. Monotomic gold, um, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I saw, like I said, this black hole in the center and it's sucking in lights and then it's not destroying it, but then it's spitting it out and spinning it around like in this cars cosmic dance of just like the Sufi whirling dervish where he's spinning around the galaxy. The, the black hole is spinning around the Milky Way galaxy. And, and I actually went and, you know, turned the TV on right after that and, um, the TV, the channel that I was on, happened to be on, was saying the exact same thing. And I was like, oh, my God, that's my confirmation right there. Um, but it was a very profound experience, you know, and, and I look back at it now and I realize, man, I'm still that black hole. I'm still sucking in all the things and I'm, I'm taking all the things that I get out of it and creating my own galaxy so that I have planets and stars and people and situations and you know events and circumstances that are swirling about my whole being from this void that sits deep inside of me that everything comes out of and goes into right and so it's just a profound experience where i feel like this is a balancing act of this dark hole energy bringing anything in and and balancing it out and and using it as to create the entire galaxy, right? That we ourselves are our own galaxies, you know, I'm um, Jacob Cox galaxy, whatever, not the Milky Way galaxy. And then you're your galaxy. And as we learn to perfect this, um, you know, I think uh, those experiences where Christ and Buddha and Krishna went into the, the wilderness and to become these enlightened beings. And I think it's very possible that we become bigger things after this. Maybe we become our own planets. We become stars and we become our own galaxies. Maybe we eventually become our own universes, but it starts with learning how to do this, how to, you know, circle out all this energy that we're constantly taking in and out of us simultaneously. Um, you know, that's the best I can do to dumb it down and put it into words um, to explain. But there's something about this that seems incredibly powerful to me and, you know, worth sharing. So it's balancing the light and the dark, the masculine and feminine, complete balance of these whole understandings of the universe that even in the yin yang, the light gives birth to the dark and the darkness gives birth to the light. And so this is what I think that we're looking for. This is Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene. And I think Mary Magdalene was his wife. And I think even the name Mary is not just a name, but a title. His mother's name was Mary. And I think she's married not just to Jesus, but to herself. Her masculine and feminine is married. He's Jesus the Christ, which I believe Jesus the Christ is a title as well. His name 
you know, since it was Yeshua. And in, in that 40 day darkness, when he becomes a different person, he became Jesus the Christ. Buddha was a name, wasn't Buddha. He became the Buddha, the Buddha, the Christ, Krishna are all um, titles like doctor or something. But this is the greatest title that we can obtain. And I think this understanding of this marrying, this, this light and the dark together within our own selves helps us find these partners, too, that have done the same thing. And so when we do this, we become, and this is why, this is the whole reason why talking about this is so important to me. Like, it's not about, you know, where you get it from, but just the fact that we do this and we integrate it, we can become these masters of the universe, like Neo and Neo literally dies. That's what this whole thing is about, resurrecting your ego. So these people, again, in this 40 days wilderness where they're dying, their ego is dying to resurrect, to become this new being, this master of the universe who, who has mastered the light and the dark. And then no weapon formed against them shall prosper because they're, they're it. You're the master of the universe. You can master all things. You know what I mean? It's, it's not just about moving blocks and stuff with your mind, but it's to be able to learn the ebb and flow of the entire universe to become the complete masters that we were sent here to become and that every experience is valid every situation every circumstance that you've ever had it's all valid it's all needed there's nothing to be mad about you know the universe is literally panning everything out for you for us so that we learn this stuff and if you need more lessons, if you need more smashes on the head, if you need more jolts in the universe, you're going to get them because you need them to crack open that shell, to break open that armor um, in order to be able to come, Master Universe. You have to face the darkest, scariest things in your life uh, to become these powerful beings. And, and it is so important to get there because all it takes is one of us. That's why they do have to you know, knock off one of us at a time because one human being who reaches enlightenment can potentially change the world forever. One Jesus, one Buddha, one uh, Muhammad, one Gandhi, one G, um, John Lennon, uh, one Martin Luther King, one Mary Magdalene, you know, um, they are scared of that. There are some people that are absolutely terrified of us waking up to our brilliance because they you know, they and now they have to gather the stuff for themselves. They're the little, you know, grasshoppers have to do their own work. <laughs> the ants have woken up. Um, and this is our planet. This is our world to take back. You know what I mean? Thank you for the lessons. And when I was when I was in Atlanta before I moved here, I had a boss and I felt like I was taken advantage of. I worked really hard um, and other people got things that I didn't. And I had to ask for something, you know, a raise, whatever. And I wanted my boss got all mad. And, you know, in that moment, I realized like, man, I've been taken advantage of. Hallelujah. How great. Because if I didn't get taken advantage of by someone else, how would I have figured out my worth for myself? That's so important. Like that experience made me realize that the minute I realized that I've been taken advantage of is also the same exact moment when I realized how much worth I must have for someone to take advantage of me. It's to your benefit. All of it is. So I want the whole squad to level up. It, that's that's the most important thing is not one of us. It's to, it's to light everybody up. It's to get everybody empowered. It's to you have your gifts and I have my gifts and Apollo and Zeus and Jesus and Randy and Jacob and all of us. 
it's going to take all of us coming together to do our rituals, to do our ceremonies, to come together, because there's a few people doing their rituals and their ceremonies to empower themselves. But if we wanted this planet to work for all of us, then we've got to come together to do it together, um, to take it back. And it is imperative now. And, and it's obviously there's no there's no doubt. Now is the time. It's the absolute best time, most crucial time in the evolution of this planet. Uh, for us to take it back and become the gods and goddesses deep down that each one of us is not questioning it, knowing it deep down in our in our souls. I know anybody watching this right now that must be calling to you. Because. We are the rainbow warriors, we are. The rainbow warriors, your ancestors have spoke about. The warriors of the rainbow would show the people that the great spirit is full of love and understanding and teach them how to make the earth beautiful again. And we need all of these experiences, the whole spectrum of light and dark to be able to paint with a new brush to create the world that we truly want to live in. That does work for all of us instead of just a few of us. It's absolutely imperative. And that time is now the time of the white Buffalo is now the time of the rainbow warriors is now. And every single person watching this, I believe is, are those rainbow warriors and you're watching this because something inside of you, those archetypes of the warrior, the archetypes of the enlightened one, of the masters of the universe, it's calling to you. It's time for you to do that. It's time for you to do your work. It's time for you to give yourself in this world, in this planet, what you have deep down inside of you, that special piece of the puzzle that each of us have to be able to become these enlightened beings, to be able to take back this planet again into the thousand years of peace, the golden uh, the golden age, whatever you want to call it, that every culture seems to point towards a beautiful, harmonious time that comes upon us. And not everybody gets in. They'll come back and they'll reincarnate on other planets to, before till they get to graduate. But, to, but this is graduation. That's why this is so hard. This is not elementary school. This is not middle school. This is the master class. This is a, this is a planet they're teaching for the master class. So if you're here right now, you're part of that master class, every single one of you. So let's start doing it. Let's start doing that work. Let's start becoming the literally the rainbow warriors and this incredible tribe deep down us that we all know that we are. I want to thank you guys all tonight for joining me, going deep down the rabbit hole with me, listening to my incredible questions I have about who are we really deep down inside. What is it that we've been given? How can we completely go deep down into our own souls to find out who we really are, to bring forth back the keys to the enlightenment that we're all seeking, to be able to become the powerful beings that we have been created divinely to be. So I thank you all tonight. I'm so incredibly grateful to have a series like this, to have subscribers and watchers and um, it's it's an incredibly grateful time in my life to have something like this. And I'm incredibly grateful for each and every single one of you. The divine, the God inside of me recognizes and sees the God, the divine in each and every single one of you. And I'm incredibly thankful for all of you tonight. Namaste. Namaste.